Hi folks, this is Jesse Chen. Thanks for giving me a few minutes to connect the dots. Today I want to take a moment to talk about how progressives can find the positive in a Trump administration. And the reason I bring this up is because ever since Trump announced his candidacy for president, progressives have been continuously shocked, angered, frustrated, disappointed, and discouraged about the future. Uh, it's been a constant stream of disbelief for many of Trump's opponents that he has had the success and ultimately won the election. The mental anguish and fear that many millions of people have been experiencing is very real. Uh, on the other hand, people who love Trump uh, have been excited, have they've, but they've been taken back and confused, um, and in some cases even emboldened by the collective response uh, of of the other of the opposition to their victory, clearly with millions of people on each side, it's unwise to dismiss any particular person's views as less important than anyone else's. Your view on X is no more or no less important than my view. Um, that's what makes a democracy a democracy, right? Um, now, that being said. That's not to reject the fact that some perspectives are based on, you know, faulty information or misinformation or a different set of values or even bad morals and ethics, etc. But everyone has their different perspectives, etc. So in the spirit of New Year's, I would like to offer a mental health gift to progressives out there. And I'd, I'd like to suggest this. It's just an invitation to find some positives instead of the panic and discouragement that seems to be taking over the entire progressive wing of society. Um, and I think that this this advice, by the way, is also useful for conservatives too. Um, but I do think that progressives really need to help. They need to find the positive because mentally, I think a lot of people are suffering. And so I'd like to take a shot at, uh, at, at, at speaking to that. And before any progressives accuse me of ignorance or naivety or turning a blind eye to racism, bigotry, etc. Let me just say, this is just another way to look at the more positive elements of what could come over the next two to four years. It's not a denial of anything. If you're looking to freak out or panic, you know, listen to a different uh, podcast. That's not the point of this, this episode. Here are some of the potential ways that we as progressives can make a difference um, and in our own mental health. One is it's possible that Trump will make American democracy great again simply through the increase of civic discourse. Society has been on autopilot for a long time. Too many have been disconnected from the political scene, intentional or not. His presence is creating conversation and revitalizing critical discussions by the masses. Intentional or not, his presence is forcing newspapers to cover important issues like nuclear disarmament in better detail so that people actually understand it. Intentional or not, his presence is forcing important conversations on racism, misogyny, xenophobia. Intentional or not, his presence is forcing progressives to return to the hard work of movement building through changing hearts and minds instead of simply cheerleading the establishment leadership layer, both in political parties and in uh, politically active organizations, to solve society's problems. 
It's also possible that Trump may force the progressive left to change the way they approach organizing in order to become a more effective opposition for the next four years and reclaim control of Congress either in 2018 or 2020. This requires adopting new ways of collaborating, new ways of resistance, and new ways of communicating with others, which is desperately needed for progressives everywhere. After all, they were in the majority um, from a popular vote standpoint. So this organizing challenge is a very real issue for progressives. It's also possible that Trump may force the progressive left to confront the fact that their approach to influencing others, which is primarily logical and moral superiority arguments, has its limits. There's only so many people out there that actually respond to logical superiority or moral superiority arguments. Others respond to emotional or credible um, or, or, or other types of approaches. In fact, gathering and sharing these perspectives may actually be the key to the sort of systemic change that progressives seek, but all sides seek, and all leaders on all sides should seek um, to create the space for these sorts of exchanges. Um, because the way that people on both sides have been looking to influence each other has been just absolutely limiting in terms of its ability to change the other side, and that's a problem. It's also possible that Trump's deconstruction of longstanding social safety net programs may create a sense of urgency in the future that positions progressives to reimagine and rebuild the social safety net for a 21st century economy. The social safety net that we have now is a relic of the 1950s, 1930s, and really isn't um, the kind of social safety net that we need or should have for the economy that we now have. And I think people on both sides see problems with the current problems programs in place, especially in light of an increasingly automated and global economy, which, as I've spoken about many times on this podcast, is decreasing uh, job security, decreasing the number of jobs available, and really putting uh, uh, downward pressure on, on the labor market. Um, it's also possible that Trump's presence at the national level will drive new candidates to enter local, state, and national level politics on both sides of the aisle, providing the fresh insights and needed perspectives to, uh, to an otherwise stalled system that works for far too few. And again, I've talked about this on the, on the podcast before, where the network that exists on both uh, political parties prevents new and exciting and needed perspectives from entering um, entering the system because they need to stick around for 10 to 20 years in order to be uh, respected first. So these are positive possibilities. They exist. They they can coexist with the negative possibilities that many progressives fear. Um, and you'll note that none of these are an attack on conservatives either. I really, as I've said so many times, I don't believe that our next phase of uh, lowercase d democratic revolution in the United States is going to be an ideological debate between liberals and conservatives. I really do think it's going to be about how we talk to one another and get beyond the ideological divide and really look at solving our problems from a, from a different set of 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 uh, solutions and values, etc. Um, and and again, look. None of these are a dismissal of progressive concerns. None of these are an attack on conservatives or Trump. They're simply potential positives that progressives can look to as they pursue their efforts in the years ahead. In so many areas of life, it's up to each of us to find the positives, even when it seems like there's nothing but negativity around. As Professor Dumbledore from Harry Potter might say, happiness can be found in the darkest of times if only one remembers to turn on the light.
I'm Jesse Chen. Thanks for giving me a few minutes to connect the dots, and I will talk to you next time.